Hello everybody, it's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. Welcome to another episode of the Language Facilitation Helpline podcast, and thank you for tuning in today. The fastest results come when you enjoy the process of language facilitation. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my channel. My name is Marcy Melzer. For those of you who are joining me for the first time, I'm an intuitive myself and also a speech language pathologist. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can use your intuition. And yeah, that's what I do here on the platform. I equip and empower parents to facilitate speech. And so today we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about using gestalts and intuition and speech facilitation. And when I was going to put this topic together, it became more and more complex. And I know last week's video that I did about school readiness, you'll definitely want to check that out um, here on the channel if you haven't seen it yet. It got kind of long, went over an hour. And I don't like to do that because I know that you're busy and I want to get to things. So this video that we're going to be doing today is in two parts. So we're going to be talking about in this part one, we're going to be getting into this gestalts and intuition. And here's what we're going to be covering. I'm going to be talking today about just an overview of Gestalt language processing to familiarize you with it. It's important for you to know, especially if you have a late talker, you need to know what this is. And late talkers and virtual autism Gestalts, we're going to be talking about how, you know, what you were going to see in behavior with Gestalt communication. And we're going to be talking, introducing this idea of parent intuition and Gestalt communication. And I'm going to be sharing with you five ways that parent intuition can block speech. So I really appreciate all of you joining me today. Um, we've got a lot to cover. So we're going to be getting into this whole process of figuring out what's going on with, you know, all of the things that you need. Okay. So, and actually next Next week, we're going to be doing part two. So this week is part one where we're going to be talking about all that stuff. And next week, I'm going to be digging into more of the strategies where you will learn to use your intuition to help your child. So before we get started, as always, thank you for your support. Elaine840 um, is a new YouTube member. You can become a new YouTube member as well um, and get a discount. I've got a little hack here for 20% off your first month. You can get the link to that down in the description of this video. There's a link to a little video where I show you that hack. And yeah, so... People are um, getting my workbooks and reading up on my information and joining me every week here on the channel. So thank you very much for your support. Don't forget to hit that like button. And yeah, so let's get into today's topics. We're going to start talking about this gestalt situation so that you can understand what's going on with it and what does it mean. So that's where we're going to start. What does Gestalt mean? Gestalt is a German word. It was coined at the, in the early 20th century, around 1912, I see. Um, 
that, or there's Michael who says, good day, sorry, I just was checking on my comments. By the way, we're gonna, yeah. And gestalt is something that's made of many parts. So that's what we're talking about. I know it's a word that some people might be familiar with, but here's what it is. It's something, that's what they the, the term is referred to, made of many parts, but somehow more than or different from the combination of those parts. And when we think about the kind of language that we hear, the communication that we see, the behaviors from late talkers, you'll see how they, how they reflect this gestalt processing. So gestalt was first coined, got a little history here so you can understand more about that this is not a new thing. Carl Jung was the first philosopher slash, slash psychologist who started to study this. And his interest way back when was all about the human's use and understanding of symbols as communication. Like how did we evolve from cavemen to where we are now using sophisticated spoken language? It was an evolutionary process, right? And that's what he did, studying these, these concepts of symbolism and written language, nonverbal language, and spoken language. And then more recently, starting actually in the 80s, a gentleman named Barry Present introduced this concept for the speech therapy world as, you know, speech therapists should be considering this natural evolutionary process that Carl Jung talked about back in the early set part of the century. And so what's happening, see, is more people are learning in the future. So Marge Blanc is the most current expert on gestalt language processing, especially for the speech therapy world. And they use this process that these two professionals have coined and done research on called natural language acquisition, which is very similar to what we do with language facilitation. And what this concept that all these people are sharing, bridging off of that young theory, is that language evolves naturally over time as these gestalts that the child learns from the speech models that they're exposed to. And so GLP, which is Gestalt Language Processing, this assumes that communication is naturally developmental, not analytic, not memorized. It happens as you evolve. And so it starts with infants. They basically come out of the womb already communicating. <clears throat> and I venture to say they do this even before they come out of the womb. They start communicating with nonverbal ways. They start testing and evolving their nonverbal ways to communicate using signs that they give you. It's not symbols yet because they're not really writing anything or saying anything yet, but they're giving you signs that get a response. They're intending to communicate these things. They make different cries to give them a diaper change or give them food, right? How does that evolve from nothing? It's this process, this gestalt process that's happening. And then they start to reach. So they'll reach up for you when you come. It sort of happens naturally for them that they do it. But then, of course, every time they reach up for the mama, the mama reaches back and they get a hug. So they learn how to evolve it. And so as they move into toddlerhood, they evolve this behavior into pre-verbal symbols. So it starts with signs as infants and it moves from toddlerhood into the symbolic stage 
or pre-verbal stage symbolically with increased, <coughs> excuse me, increased detail and accuracy of meaning, which those different cries, they turn into babbling that sound a little bit more like language. And then they start imitating the words that they hear. And then they start labeling things once they learn those labels like mama and they start pointing. Okay. So this gestalt language process is a developmental process. And it's important for you as a language facilitator learn because that's what we're going to use. And that's what Barry Prezant and Marge Blanc have proven works in their work too. So just Gestalt language processing theorizes that children evolve from behavior that they instinctively use, whatever they're born with or develops before they're even born, right? to the speech that helps them exist in the world outside of the womb and outside of the bubble or, or family unit, right, where the mom understands the baby intuitively and they move out into the world. This Gestalt language processing says the symbols get more and more useful as the child learns them. They trial and error, trial and error all the time. And then what happens is they drop those behaviors that take too much time and effort and bandwidth in their life. Like if their hands are, so for example, I'll give you a good example of how this worked with my child. My little girl learned she, when she was very young, when she was a, an infant, she learned sign language because I knew sign language and I taught her things like more and eat and all those things. And about the time she was nine months old, so very young. She knew a lot of these gestures. She knew how to get things. And they were very rudimentary baby sign, right? That was back in the days. Now she was born in the 90s. So, you know, <laughs> I was a 90s mama and that's what I did. And see what happened was my mother would freak out and say, you're teaching her all these gestures. She's never going to learn to talk. But of course, I was talking at the same time I was doing those gestures. And what happened naturally was my daughter needed her hands. She got to be crawling and walking and climbing, right? Because nine months, she's sitting in the chair, not doing very much with her body. But once she started to use her body to move and get and reach and grab and do all those things, those signs, they became too effortful. She needed something easier while she was playing with her toys with her hands to be able to talk to me and share what was going on. And so that's how it shifted into speech. So even though my mother thought, oh, no, this child's never going to learn to talk, suddenly it shifted naturally. And now my daughter actually had to go back to school to learn sign language in class. She's a speech pathologist now and uses it at her school and uses it for fun. But she didn't retain that sign language as her primary language. Talking was easier and more efficient for her. So that's why she moved into it, you see. And that's what I'm going to encourage you to think about as you look at your own child. So we want the child to drop these behaviors that take too much time, effort, and make their communicating partner understand, right? Because that's all they can do. It's all they have is these behaviors. And so as they learn to talk, they replace them with more efficient symbolic language that they like and that works. Now, if you have a child who has had a lot of vi video exposure when they were very young, right? 
or all those other things that black lay talking. So it's not just virtual autism. It's kids with ear infections. It's other things. It's all about what they were exposed to. But virtual autism, exactly. You guys see this for sure because most lay talkers show the symptoms of virtual autism are definitely using gestalts because they learn these phrases, sentences, sounds, and symbols, right, from watching videos, from their favorite things and they watched them over and over again and they learned them again and they like them, right? So that's why they pick them up. So late talkers are typically gestalt behavior communicators. That's why I'm doing this video for all of you today, because if you're watching my videos, you have a late talker and you're probably hearing these phrases because your late talker is stuck in nonverbal evolution of the signs and symbols they use to communicate because their exposure to natural functional speech from people talking to them was limited or blocked or some way. They couldn't have, they couldn't access it. And instead, maybe they access technology or they were in silence or they were using their gestures or they were using something else. Because remember, we're talking about late talkers and kids with virtual autism here. Their process has been blocked. That's why you're watching this video. They are late, right? So that's why they're late. According to this theory, because they haven't been exposed. And that's why so many of you are seeing differences when you change their exposure, because when natural speech learning experiences are blocked for months on end, like it happened during the pandemic to just about every child on the planet, unless they had a mom who was home reading books with them all day, every day, right? These children appear unable to understand speech let alone pick it up and use language functionally like other kids do. Because, you know, this is why the difference between your child who's late talking and the child who is a chatterbox in their same classroom, peer group, party, birthday party you go to, that's what's different about your child than this other child. That other child who is a chatterbox at your child's age picked up language faster. That's all. This gestalt language process, they heard stuff they liked, they tried it, they used it, they got feedback from facilitators, people in their world who showed them how valuable it is when they use that speech, how much more they like it when they get speech, how much better response they get when they use speech instead of those behaviors. Because no mom likes to change a stinky diaper, but they will happily escort their child to the bathroom so that they can use it independently, right? Parents want evolution and kids want to show you how they are growing up. OK, so that's why it's important that you understand that somehow this process got blocked because your child has already shifted their focus of developing. They are in. There's no doubt that your child is developing communication. They're just stuck like they were when they were babies and toddlers with no language to use except for their physical behaviors, right? If they didn't cry when they were cold or hungry or whatever, nobody would help them. Now they've learned other things that they're evolving as a late talker that they're using to communicate with you most definitely. 
but it's not spoken language and it's not evolving in the direction of spoken language because you're ju- this blockage of exposure to language is the root of this child's problem. Now, something blocked it. We don't know if it could have been ear infections. It could have been video time. You're the only one that can know what blocked that process, but something stopped it or your child would be picking up speech just like every other speech. Now, the fact that they're wired different or all of that stuff, that's all when you don't consider this gestalt language processing. When you see that a child, if you think someone tells you that your child is not wired for spoken language, that's because they're using the wrong kind of teaching and it's not working because your child is using gestalt language processing and they're using something different, right? So like I said, what happens is Children start to look impaired. They start to appear to be unable to understand speech, let alone pick up speech. And they're already focused on all these behaviors and they keep moving these behaviors forward and doing these behaviors. So what happens is is because they're focused on behaviors, they don't develop speech at all. And they're not going to not on the typical timelines, not with the typical norms, not on the typical things. These are not That's not what those guidelines were made from. They weren't made considering gestalt language, symbolic language learners. They were made assuming that kids will can't. They assume that kids can't pick up language naturally. That's what they do. And that's why they put artificial ways to do it. Because remember, if they think a child is impaired, they think somehow they're broken. Their brain can't work to develop. And the problem is that's not the problem at all. (laughs) They're just assuming that your child is impaired so that they can use their artificial therapy methods on them right? That they need those artificial therapy methods. They can't learn naturally because they haven't so far, right? But these people aren't understanding what blocked the process. So you do as the parent, and that's why we're here to talk about. So they're not going to develop. And instead of speech, they're developing this wide range of communication behaviors that get them judged with autism. Their signs and symbols is their language. And it is developed intentionally with focus to make you do things for them. That's what it's for. Okay. And you understand it. And that's why they use it and you respond to it. And that's why they keep developing it. Right. Because it is all based on what they see and hear in their individual unique environment. And that's you. That's you as the parent. Okay, so late talking gestalt learners could be using this huge, extensive vocabulary of memorized phrases, songs and all this scripts. But it's for a purpose. They're hoping that you will guess the messages, the meaning of their language, that you will learn their language because they are not focused on learning yours. So they're just going to keep doing these things, memorized phrases, singing the same songs. They'll repeat themselves over and over and over and over again. And then when people fail to pay attention and try to understand their gestalt strips, they just shift right back into behavior because behavior works. You know, you can understand how that child feels, right? So gestalt communicators may fail these school readiness evaluations. That's why I did that video last week and referred for autism services because they can't do it. They have not developed their language. They are not symbolic language learners from a, from a, a higher level. They're using body language as their symbols, and schools don't like that. 
They want analytical results. They want kids to answer questions and follow prompts and do their what they're supposed to and all of that stuff. And see, Gestalt communication behaviors are also judged to be atypical by people who don't understand them. Here's a little girl communicating tons of stuff. She poured her water instead of drinking it. There's the straw. Smearing it on the table. It's on the floor. She's getting attention from people by screaming at them. This is all symbolic communication. And somebody might think that that little girl is autistic because she doesn't know how to, she's using, it's inappropriate how she's behaving, dump her water, drinking water, take the straw out and do these things. In fact, this child is asking for attention. She's calling attention to her behavior to get people around her to respond to it. The kids who act up, the kids who act out, the kids who show off, the kids who are using their behavior to get your attention. These are gestalt language processors who haven't evolved into spoken language. They don't know how to use their words. They didn't evolve that language. They evolved a whole nonverbal language from everything from facial expressions like that first boy to physical behaviors like that little girl. Okay, now this is what happens. Intuition is used by kids and parents. This is how it stays, right? This is how kids develop this nonverbal communication over and over and over and, and extensively and beyond four, five, six, seven, eight years old because it started at birth and it is your habit, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So parents and caregivers are naturally in the practice of understanding, interpreting, and responding to a child's nonverbal messages because it makes everybody's life a lot easier when you know what everybody wants and you respond in the right way. And see, parent and caregivers, they pay attention, intuitive ones, they pay attention to the gestalt's communication behavior and all of that stuff, okay? So that's how they learn also. They pay attention to these things. So, you know, um, they quickly learn what triggers the child's upset gestalt. So they quickly learn to arrange whatever it takes to keep the child happy, especially in public. And most, <clears throat> excuse me, most parents want to avoid or shut down those gestalt communication behaviors. And so interestingly, that's why I was pausing there a little bit because I got a little comment. So there's Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Nice to see you. And Nancy says, is repetition of language, like saying the same things over and over, a behavior? Well, it is a communication behavior, Nancy. All behavior is communication. And there is a reason that your child is saying those things they're saying over and over and over again, because it gets a reaction from you. Whatever you're doing when that happens is causing it to keep happening, right? Because your child who is saying the same things over and over and you in your mind know, you watch them pacing around or trying to go outside or doing something like this, there's something behind it. I'll give you a real clear example. It's raining outside. We just had a whole day where you couldn't go outside at all where I live because we had storms every hour. Or so it would clear up and, and look like the rain stopped. So parents don't like it when kids do certain things. Right. And so 
they don't they want them to stop. They want these things to quit, like repetition of language and the same thing over and over again. But the problem is with this, the problem with all of those gestalts that you don't like, that you want to be something else, right? Because remember, your late talker has evolved their language in the using these symbolic bits, I can call them, because sometimes it's behavior, sometimes it's language, sometimes it's behavior and language, sometimes it's a whole song, sometimes there's one or two words in there that will indicate the meaning behind it. Because remember, your child is cherry picking from their experience the kind of speech that they heard to be able to use it right? They want to use this speech. They want to talk just like my daughter did. You don't have to make a child stop using a behavior and start using speech. They will do it when the speech models you give them are better than these behaviors. Just like my daughter who learn more and get and cat and mama and all these signs were baby first word kind of things because I didn't know. I just, it was, I was having fun with her. I was talking to her nonstop, but what she picked up was those nonverbal things first. And then when they became unhelpful and better things were presented, that's when she dropped them and moved forward. Okay. So trying to shut down any of these gestalts is going to block your child's process. Because remember, I'm going to talk to you today about how your intuition can get you in trouble. And this is one of those things that can happen. Okay. So as the child grows, their ideas, this is what happens. Their ideas and feelings become more complex and detailed. So instead of using speech to communicate them because they're a lay talker and they don't have spoken language in their vocabulary, they try to make up more complex gestalts by combining the scripts and behaviors they know in new ways that you never heard of. Make up songs you never heard of. Start to combine songs you never heard of. Start to use different languages, combining languages together. And so when all that confusing stuff happens, ultimately the late talkers' behaviors and scripts will be so confusing to everybody and fail to deliver enough clues because they're so mishmashed and mixed up with all this different stuff this child's been exposed to themselves. Like they didn't learn it from you. They learned it from other places. So you can't know because by the time this child gets to be two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years old, they're learning from everywhere in the world. And when they were baby, all they learned from you. So you knew what they had exposure to. But now this child is older and this mom has no clue what he's trying to communicate. She did when he was an infant. She knew everything and she gave him everything and responded everything and all that stuff. But it got more complex and the parents don't know what to do. And that could be you. You could be stuck in this thing. Okay, so it's really important that we don't, you know, we respond when communication breaks down. And kids become frustrated and parents become frustrated. We don't start to think they're impaired and put them in therapy because when this frustration sets in, here's what happens. This is what I'm going to talk about, these conscious, unconscious habits. Parents can unknowingly start to use their intuitive understanding of the child's behavior in the wrong way to do the wrong things, to try to make them do stuff or try to get them, manipulate them in some way. We don't want that to happen because that's going to block your process more. 
Okay, so these five common unconscious habits I'm getting ready to tell you about will block a child's independent progress. So it could be that you absolutely know, right? You absolutely know that you have a gestalt language learner. I see the comments are coming in now. <clears throat> and we're going to be talking about, you know, all this. I promise we're going to get to those questions at the end because I see a lot of you are resonating with this idea right here. And what happens is I see how people are judging you. I see how there's other things that cause their late talking that cause them to slide into this gestalt language learning and all of that business. You really see it happening. And... You don't know what to do because you're stuck doing the wrong things. I talked about these wrong jobs before. So here we go. I'm going to show you. Here's the next slide. Five ways parent intuition habits can block a child's speech development. Number one, anticipating a child's needs based on history. Okay. You can't just think they always are going to eat what they eat because you know what happens when this happens. You, they change. They change their needs. They change their desires. They change their ideas. They change their mind. You want them to change their mind. They're growing up. And if you keep doing the same thing that they liked last week, last month, last year, based on their history, you will block them. Number two, because remember, you're trying to avoid. You're doing their, anticipating their needs, trying to avoid those behaviors. I know you are doing it. Because you don't like it when they go off and melt down. So you're trying to anticipate their needs to avoid it. And then you can't always anticipate their needs, not when they get older, and it blows up anyway. And that's how your intuition is blocking this kid's development. You can't do it for them. You can't give it to them. They, you have to facilitate them to tell you what they need. Number two, <clears throat> sorry, is offering bribes to prompt behavior. We talk about this all the time on the behavior on the channel. You know what your child loves. You know what you can give them or offer them to get them to do what you want. And you do it. When you do that, you block their independent learning. And that's what's not going to happen. We talk about it all the time. Number three, parent pretending that you don't understand and tr try to get them to work harder. See, your child knows this is a biggie. A lot of parents will do this. They'll play dumb, hoping that their kid will try harder to talk. I don't know what you're talking about. You have been interpreting this child's communication since they were born, mama. They somehow, as they get older and you're less good at it, right? You can't guess what they want anymore because they learned something on TV or from the other place or from watching other kids or at school or someplace that you have no idea about how to facilitate. And you need this child to tell you, I want you to play farm with me. I want you to play school with me. I want you to take me for a walk. I want you to show me what to do. But they don't have the language for it. <laughs> so they're stuck using these behaviors. <clears throat> and every time they use behavior and you respond without giving them more, they will. Okay. So pretending you don't understand is a biggie. And number four, assuming the child's wishes without confirming them. I think you need me to help you. I think you want this. I think that's the same as anticipating their needs. I think you would prefer this. You're not confirming it. You're not asking because they've changed their mind and they don't think that you're connected with them. They just think that you're just trying to babysit them. Number five, asking questions when you already know or have guessed the answer because you're in the habit of guessing. This kid put you in the habit of guessing because they are gestalt language processors, symbolic processor. You required 
to guess with symbolic processors. So here we go. Are you feeling frustrated about your child's limited gestalt, those over and over and over things that they won't stop doing? In fact, they, they do it to trigger you, right? They're doing it on purpose. You t- can tell that they are doing it on purpose. That's their gestalt. And do you want to know how to help them shift? We're going to be talking about it next week. We're going to be talking about how to use my workbook. And that's what we're going to be talking about in the next video. I'm going to get to these questions, but I want you to see that this is possible because we're going to be, I'm going to show you exactly how to tap into your intuition and use your late talkers gestalt messages to facilitate the shift to functional speech. This is what Marge Blanc and Gary and Barry present teach in their books. They teach it to speech therapists because if you're a speech therapist or you have a speech therapist who seems stumped by your child, like they can't get them to list the flashcards or imitate the speech or use the sign language or the pictures, like they don't want to, they're not picking it up, right? Even after months of time, you keep sending them to the same school, to the same therapy. Maybe you don't have any place else to send them. So you're sending them there. I don't know. But something's happening to continually block that process. And it could be at home that you're using your intuition and other places they're using the wrong approach. They're not using a gestalt language modeling approach. Because remember, you can think about it. What's it going to take from you? This kid has not learned language from picking it up from their environment. Why not? Because they haven't heard it. They haven't heard enough of it. They haven't heard the right words the right way at the right time. And that's what we're going to be talking about next week, how you can do that. Okay, how you can do that. So let's see. Let's go. Ashley's here. Ashley says, my three-year-old had 17 ear infections and constant fluid from one to two and a half. Finally got tubes. It is. I'm so proud of him. Just wish people saw the progress. So, I mean, you know, it's good. I'm glad that she just says she's gets tired of everyone saying it's autism and feels judged as a mom. So the only way, Ashley, that you are going to get this cycle of judgment and depression to stop is by facilitating the speech that your child needs. Now, again, it's not here. Nancy says, are all late talkers gestalt language learners? Should I consider my son a gestalt language processor and still use waves of communication as a strategy? Waves of communication is all about language modeling for gestalt language learners. That's why I'm doing this video for you, Nancy. And Nancy's someone who signed on to work with me a really long time ago. So if your little guy is still stuck in scripts, That's because the natural speech that he needs isn't getting facilitated. And perhaps we need to meet again and talk about your strategies and what's going on. Okay, so um, let's say he Ashley says he's saying words like mama, bubba, bye, papa. He's also pointing, looking at me. But when he wants in the fridge, he screeches to get my attention. So there's a really good here's a really good description that Ashley has shared for all of you about what a late talker's symbolic language evolution looks like. Because guarantee, before Ashley started doing her natural language facilitation, I don't know if you're using the workbook or what you're doing, just watching videos and increasing your time or talking more to your child, but something has changed, right? You can tell that your child is learning. And Last week, last month, last year, he didn't say these words and he didn't point and he didn't look and all of that stuff. But now 
he's did he did get all those things like he wanted mama and he wanted his bubba and he wanted to go bye bye and papa and those all those things he's pointing to he wanted to get those things before he had this symbolic language these gestures and words he's trying to say he was getting those things before he was talking somehow you were understanding what your little guy wanted and he was communicating it somehow. You understood. And in the process of giving that child what he wanted, because you understood as his mom and facilitator, somehow whatever you said resulted in this evolution. You talked more. You said something. I don't know. I wasn't in your house. I don't see a video of this. But we know Ashley's telling all of us that her little guy is in the thick of it, in the process of it. So while he's got these nice little things that he's starting to use that are super functional and appropriate, there's still a long way to go. He doesn't know how to ask for juice or whatever's in that fridge without these behaviors. And the other thing is when they get emotional, the behaviors, all the evolution takes a slide back right? Anytime. That's how we go. So if you think about it, if you're, um, let's say you're training to run a marathon, right? And you're in the thick of your training. It takes a lot of hardcore trainings, kind of like this. This is a marathon. Every day you've got a training plan. You've got time put aside to do the work you need and all of that stuff. And then something happens. You get the flu or there's a hurricane and you can't go running for two days. You can't leave the house. And you're, you start to get off your habits. You start to get off your treatment plan, off your, off your training plan, off of your habits, and then when you're off your good habits, there's still time to fill. Now you're sitting at home and there's the junk food in the fridge and there's all these other things available that are easier than running a marathon training, right? <laughs> all these things are available in your house while you're riding out the storm, all your snacks and all those things that you never used to eat because you used to be out running around. Now you're sitting around with nothing to do, trying to figure out What's wrong? How do we do it? Is it going to be okay while your body's atrophying and you're getting out of your habits? And then three days later, when you go back out, you might not be so inclined, depending on how long you've been in it. You might can't wait to go, or you might just say, well, you know, it was kind of nice having those snacks. And I think we'll just stay in a little bit more. And then those old habits creep back in. These are the kinds of things that happen in a language facilitation journey. Stuff gets in the way. Life is busy. You might get sick. Your kid might get sick. You might move. You might have a trip. You might start a new job. You might have a new baby. All those things can happen that will throw this process off. The natural time a parent can spend with a child. You know, the pandemic happened. Parents were working from home. The videos were available. It was easier, right? We had problems, other bigger problems to solve. And so we use these other things as our, you know, whatever, temporary, side thing, cheat codes, okay? That stuff doesn't get you out of people judging your child. That doesn't get you out of repetitive gestalt behaviors. Because if you just ignore these things and kind of let them go, or you focus on them and shut them down, either one, they're going to, like, you let them go without facilitating the meaning behind them. Like I said, we're going to be talking about that next week. This is the process that 
all kids who are late to get started learn. And I venture to say all kids on the planet learn. This analytic stuff that was invented by speech therapists came way after Carl Jung. Because honestly, it takes more effort for the facilitator to use this gestalt intervention kind of stuff. Because you have to be intuitive. You can't go by the book and treat every kid the same and diagnose them the same and see 500 of them a day and expect progress to happen systematically through the evidence-based stuff. Because you're not programming anything. This is an intuitive method where you have to connect with the child and spend a lot of time with them and teach them and talk to them about the things they need to learn in their world. And that's what we're going to be talking about next week. This process is not difficult from a challenge perspective, except for the fact that you have to change. You have to change if you want something different. You can't just let your child on their own devices evolve their gestalt language because that they are today thinking about better ways to communicate, but they're not thinking about spoken language. They're thinking about what else have they learned, memorized behavior or symbolic that they can show you that will help you guess what they want. And they're always thinking about the next thing they have to do or show to get you to understand them. They're not thinking about how to say it and how to explain it and how to evolve their language, not unless you're facilitating, okay? And if you're facilitating, you will see those things evolve in your child. You wouldn't be watching this video. You're stuck, I promise, in one of those habits. Let's take a look really quick at those again. I can bring this back up. On week two, remember, we're gonna be talking about how to reconnect with these isolated, resistant kids and increase their vocabulary, the functional vocabulary that they need, okay? And decrease unwanted behavior because remember, this is the process that these children are going through. They're going to learn, they're going to try as hard as they can to get you to understand them. And it's your job to help turn all of whatever they're using into speech, okay? So let's see. Ashley says, how do they think without language? It's symbolic. That's that whole thing. If you look at Carl Jung and what he did, I mean, think about how did people communicate before there was a language? How do people communicate when they don't know the language in a place? Like, let's say you visit, right? How do you think without language? You think with your symbolic ideas and your experiences. So if you travel to a country where you don't know the language, will you be able to think there? Of course you will. Now, how successful will you be to be able to communicate with people without using the same language? See, but your child is using a language. It's their own made up one that they taught you. They taught you how to understand it. Okay, so they are thinking nonstop non-stop. But they're not thinking about using the language that you want unless you're giving them tons of it. Okay. And that's how we go. Ashley says, I'm watching videos, workbook and read your book. It's not constant, but it's getting more and more common. And the reason it's not constant is because your consistency isn't there. If you're using your workbook and you're doing four times a day in your itinerary, You'll see it. And I'm going to show you next week how to use this workbook in 11 weeks 
to shift your child out of scripts and into functional speech. 11 weeks, no problem. If your kid is using repetitive stuff and you do this every day, but you're going to have to do it every day. So this week, I want you to think about your intuition and how much you're using those things. I, I wanted to show you that that slide. Whoops. One more time. I've got to find it here in my presentation. All the way down here. Let's see how I do to pick it up. Yep. These are, uh, so coincidentally, these are the five unconscious habits. Here they are right here. You can screenshot this if you want. This is your job this week. Five ways. Are you, how often are you anticipating their needs instead of facilitating the way for them to ask you with speech? Offering bribes. Pretending you don't understand. Assuming the child's wishes without confirming them. Communicating, right? This is all stuff that you're doing thinking to take care of your child without connecting with them. That's what all this is. Asking questions when you already know or have guessed the answer. This is your job this week. Identify where in your world you're using those five things and make a shift. Instead of anticipating, what are you going to do? Instead of bribing, what are you going to do? Instead of forcing or prompting or asking questions you already know the answer to, what are you going to do? Try it yourself. And I promise next week's strategies will be like gasoline on the fire for you to help you get your child talking. You can start it this week, okay? And just like Ashley has seen improvement herself using this stuff, but without consistent work with the plan, your child will go back. They need you to pull them forward every single day because they are already on a path toward nonverbal development, and you have to get them off that path. They have to drop it to pick up the new thing. They have to choose. So I'm going to show you how to make that happen next week. Thanks for watching, everybody. This is a really exciting topic, and I'm glad that it resonated with so many of you. Be sure to like this video. Share it with anybody you know who has a Gestalt language processor so they also start to change these habits. So next week, they can also join and learn how to facilitate the speech. I know your child wants to use. They're waiting for you to teach them, folks. But you're distracted. You're all distracted by this off-task learning, nonverbal, symbolic language development. Okay? So why does it have to go straight to autism? Why can't it be they had 17 ear infections when they had ketchup? And that's Ashley. This happens. Ashley's question is really pertinent. Just about the system, folks. Okay? Remember, there aren't enough speech therapists to help all of the children who are late talking catch up. The only therapy that will be available is for the children who are severely impaired. And in order to get that qualification for therapy, you would be, you would be getting that diagnosis. So that's what happens. They always go to autism diagnosis because they can put your child in with all the other late talkers because there's so many of them. They're pigeonholing them, sticking them, isolating them into a little autism classroom because remember, that's a by the book thing. Aut they're using, they want to use the analytic version because there is not enough manpower in any school system today to meet all the needs of all the late talkers. Parents have to do this. There is no one at school. If you take them there to the therapy, 
they will tell you autism. And if they're not a therapist, if they're just someone in your community, they've just heard the propaganda. It's there because they can't help you. They're trying to make you choose something else yourself. So am I. Listen, listen to us. Don't take those things that don't. We told them not to touch or talk to anyone. Now, oh my God, it's autism. Now they're not interacting with strangers. <laughs> right. So like I said, this is all you chasing after symptoms and, and responding and reacting to people who are judging you and your child. And it's not fun. It's not nice to have that happen. I know it's not nice. It's not nice to have people who don't know your child tell you what you should do and that you are fooling yourself. You're in denial that this gestalt language business is just, you know, something that somebody said. It's not. Just do the research yourself if you want. I gave you the overview. Dig into Carl Jung. Dig into Marge Block. She's wrote a whole book and a whole coursework for speech therapists to learn how to do this. But it's not necessary for you to get a speech therapy degree to do this. This is the natural process. Marge Block and Barry Prezan are trying to get therapists to get away from that analytical stuff that's breaking down so many lay talkers' language, turning them into scripted robot talkers. Right. Marge Blanc knows that that is detrimental to children. She's trying to change it from the speech therapy end. I'm trying to help you change it from the mommy end. OK, it's all the same. Natural language acquisition happens when children drop their preverbal symbolic language and pick up the functional spoken language that is modeled to them by the people in their world. That's what Gestalt language processing is. Your intuition can either make or break this process. And next week, I'm gonna show you how to make it. So now you're on to changing your channels and the things. So <laughs> Michael says, I think this is what happened to my son at school. It probably is, it probably is. They don't know how to connect. They don't have the manpower. It's not that they don't know how. If they're moms at home, they're doing this with their own kids. They just don't have enough time or energy to do it with yours. It takes a lot of energy to do this. Okay? I know you can get it done. All right. This is your cheerleading. Go out and see what can you change this week. And next week, I'm going to come back and give you more stuff to change. Because remember, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you got. You want something different. You want more from your child's developmental experience. And I'm here to tell you that you are the best. There is no one better than you to be able to help this child develop functional speech. When you think about this Gestalt language learning process, it's a lot easier than you think. When you think about what your child's hearing from you, you'll see it. Nancy says you have a lot of energy. I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about helping you make these changes. And I want you to see the success that is in the cards for your child. You are not stuck with an impaired child that other people judge. It's up to you to help them improve and you can do it. With a whole range of waves of communication resources, from free content to customized coaching, you now have access to everything you need to elevate spoken language to infinite success. You are welcome to get your journey started with my 11-week language facilitation journey to speech workbook. You can access this workbook and all of the language facilitation resources on my website, wavesofcommunication.com.